This is a Burn FM podcast. Hi, hello, welcome to Stethoscopes and Cantaloupes. I'm Liv. So today's episode is called Why Does My Housemate Think Ketchup Is Spicy? <laughs> so the idea for this particular episode came from chats with my housemates a few years ago. Um, some of us really love spice and others did not like it or couldn't handle it at all. So we started chatting and we came across that meme that says that one friend who thinks ketchup is spicy or that one friend who thinks bolognese is spicy. And it got me thinking about why some people can handle spice and others completely can't. So I started doing some research and came across some pretty interesting theories. Overall, we don't actually know for sure, but I wanted to talk about spice, about different tolerances of spice and the psychological aspects of spice as well, because it's really, really interesting. So that is what I'm going to be talking about today. So what spice actually is and what causes that hot sensation when eating certain foods? And the answer is capsaicin. Capsaicin is a chemical found mostly in chili peppers, and this chemical capsaicin binds to temperature receptors called TRYP-V1 receptors. And these TRYP-V1 receptors are found all over the body, but they're pretty concentrated in the mouth and tongue. TRYP-V1 receptors are normally triggered by changes in temperature, so when you get a lot of heat, so drinking hot tea or hot soup, these receptors are stimulated and they fire a nerve impulse that goes to the brain and signifies that something is hot in your mouth. Capsaicin also triggers these receptors and creates the same exact hot sensation. Interestingly, there are similar receptors called TRYP-A1 receptors, and they are sensitive to not heat, so not hot and cold, but they do create a sort of burning sensation. And these receptors are stimulated by allicin, which is a compound in garlic, gingival, which is compound in ginger, and by a compound in wasabi. And that's why when you have ginger and garlic, it feels different. It's still hot, but it feels different. There's also a chemical in spearmint called menthol. And this menthol creates a sensation of cold burn by binding to the same TRYP-A1 receptors. But it also, at the same time, binds to TRYP-M8 receptors, which are cold receptors, which is why spearmint gives you that kind of cold burn sensation. Anyway, so that is what spice actually is. And now onto why some people love spice, some people hate it. And it can be broken down into three different things. So you've got genetics, desensitization, and psychology. I'll start with genetics. So these TRYP-V1 receptors are in different concentrations in different people. And this is determined by your genetics. So some people might have a really low concentration of receptors in their mouth. And they may be able to tolerate more spicy foods because of this. So these are the kind of people who will always be reaching for the hot sauce. Or So if you have this low concentration of receptors, you need more spicy foods to create that hot sensation. If you have a high concentration of these TRYP-V1 receptors, then even a small amount of capsaicin will trigger this hot sensation. An interesting point about the concentration of these receptors is that you have TRYP-V1 receptors all over your body, including around your anus. So that's why you can sometimes feel that extra spicy vindaloo, both when you're eating it and when it comes out the other end. So when you have a really painful bowel movement the next day, it's because you're also stimulating your TRYP-V1 receptors, just not the ones in your mouth anymore. 
Anyway, so also within genetics, you have to consider variations in the TRPV1 receptor itself. So our genes don't only determine the concentration of these receptors, they also determine the variation or the shape of the receptor. So these TRPV1 receptors can be slightly different in shape. And if they're slightly different in shape, they might not bind capsaicin in the exact same way. So if you have a TRPV1 receptor that binds to capsaicin really easily, it's more likely to create that heat sensation. Whereas if you have a TRPV1 receptor that doesn't bind that easily, you're less likely to feel that heat sensation when you eat capsaicin. But this variation isn't huge. So it might not explain why some people like spicy foods and others don't. They did a study looking at both identical twins and fraternal twins. And they found that our genes only account for about 18 to 15%. So about 30% of our sensation of that heat. The other up to 82%, I guess, is through other factors. And these other factors are the other things I mentioned. So desensitization and psychology. Interestingly, birds don't have any TRPV1 receptors at all, which means that they can't taste that or experience that heat sensation. That's one of the reasons that if you're trying to get rid of squirrels, that you can add chili to bird seeds. So you'd add chili to all of your bird seeds and the squirrels would feel the heat, they'd feel the burn and they wouldn't want to eat it. But because the birds don't even have these TRPV1 receptors, they wouldn't be able to feel that heat sensation and it wouldn't bother them at all so they could eat as many seeds as they like without the negative effects of the capsaicin. So let's move on to desensitization or building a tolerance to spice. This theory is that if you eat a lot of spicy stuff frequently, you eventually, you don't feel it to be as spicy. And the sciencey side of that is that the more often you stimulate these TRPV1 receptors, they will change in shape or mechanism and therefore will be less activated when the same spicy stimulus returns. And they've proven this. So there's this chemical that's attached to the TRPV1 receptors called PIP2. And when you stimulate the TRPV1 receptors through either heat or through capsaicin, these receptors are activated and they release PIP2, which is then what sends the signal to the brain that there is something hot in your mouth. But after a long time of repeatedly stimulating the receptor, this PIP2 detaches less readily. So it stays stuck to the TRPV1 unless it's really, really intensely stimulated by capsaicin or heat which means that you have to have a lot of capsaicin to stimulate this heat sensation. And that's what desensitization is. You're less likely to create a response despite having the same stimulus. There is debate about whether this happens, whether you can desensitize TRPV1 receptors. Most evidence suggests that you have to have very, very frequent stimulation of them over a very long period of time. And some people don't believe it exists at all. So now on to the third and probably the most important one, or the one I find the most interesting anyway, is psychology. So the theory for psychology is that people who really like spice seek something called benign masochism. Benign meaning harmless and masochism meaning getting pleasure from something painful. So if you think about it, we don't take pleasure in eating really hot food, sort of that really hot soup or the tea you made and didn't let it cool down that's searingly hot in your mouth or the baked potato you just got out of the oven and it's burning everything on your tongue. You don't enjoy that pain, even though it delivers the exact same sensation that you get from chilies. Same receptors, same nerves, same brain mechanism. Capsaicin creates the same sensation, but without the risk of harm. So when you're drinking that hot tea, there is a risk that you're damaging your mouth, you're burning your mouth, the cells are dying. But when you have chili, nothing happens. There's no risk of harm to your mouth, even though it feels like it. 
So if you think of this as eating chilies is similar to watching a really scary movie or riding a roller coaster. It's a way to get the thrill of sort of living on the edge of potentially causing harm without the risk of actually exposing yourself to real danger. So those people who opt for the Nando's Extra Hot, they don't necessarily feel the spice less than you. They feel the spice the exact same, but they just enjoy the associated feelings that spice brings a little bit more. So if you think about it as when we eat spicy foods, our brains think that we have something really, really hot in our mouth, like that jacket potato, like that tea. We think this really, really hot things in our mouth and our bodies respond in three ways. A, they try to cool down. B, they try to stop the pain from the burning. And C, they try to get rid of the hot thing in our mouth. So A, to cool down. Our body does this by changing the way it works. So it increases the heart rate, it dilates blood vessels, and it makes you sweat to try and cool down. B, to stop the pain. So the brain releases these things called endorphins, which are chemicals in the brain that block pain signals. Effectively, they're the body's natural paracetamol. And to get rid of the hot thing in your mouth, your body starts to cry, starts giving you a runny nose, all that good stuff, makes you go red in the face, everything like that. And if you put it together, these things, the blood vessels dilating, the heart rate increasing, the endorphins, they increase blood and oxygen to the muscles and the brain, and they give you this burst of a really good feeling, and they stop pain. So you feel more alert, you feel happier. It's really similar to when you have a runner's high. So after you've been running, your heart rate's up, your breathing rate's up, you're sweating, your blood vessels dilate, you have a rush of adrenaline, a rush of endorphins, and you get that runner's high. You can get the similar effect with eating chilies without the effort of going for a run. It's the same when you go on a roller coaster, your heart rate increases, your respiratory rate increases, you breathe more heavily, you get more oxygen in, you get an adrenaline release, you get endorphin release, and you feel just great you've got this enjoyable buzz and that's why people enjoy spice they get this invigorating feeling and to confirm this there have been multiple studies that have shown that there's a correlation between liking spicy foods and having a thrill-seeking personality so that's what spice is and that's why different people like different spicy things but why does your housemate think bolognese is spicy or why does your housemate think ketchup is spicy if i'm honest i don't really know no one seems to really know, because bolognese doesn't have anything spicy in it at all. So it could be a psychological link. They could be used to a mince-based meal being chili con carne, which does have chili peppers in it and would have capsaicin. But this is all speculation. There's no real definite. In reality, I think if your housemate genuinely finds bolognese spicy, it's likely because they might have an allergy to something in the bolognese. So an allergy will cause you to have an itchy and burning tongue. It might cause your lips to swell, your face to go red, your nose to run. It might create a rash. If it's extreme, obviously it could cause anaphylaxis, but I'm talking about a mild allergy because these symptoms of a mild allergy are very similar to having something spicy. You know, the burning tongue, the swollen face, the nose running. Because again, your body's behaving in the same way. It's trying to get rid of this thing that it's allergic to. Is trying to expel it from the system and also at the same time your body's in being clicked into survival mode. So your heart rate might increase at the same time because it's worried about the thing inside of your mouth that it needs to get out and your blood vessels might dilate, you might get a bit of adrenaline, you might get endorphins because of the pain that it's causing you. It's a very similar sensation to spice. Equally there's a condition called oral allergy syndrome. Oral allergy syndrome is an itching or tingling on your tongue or the roof of the mouth, but it can also cause the swollen or numb lips and a scratchy throat. 
is usually due to a mild allergy of certain uncooked vegetables and fruit. Some of these vegetables are very commonly put in a bolognese, so bell peppers are a common one, parsley, coriander, these things that could be put into bolognese. So if you have oral allergy syndrome, you might be mistaking it for thinking something's really spicy, and that might be why you think bolognese is spicy. Bit of a reach, but it could be true. Another reason you might think as food is spicy when it's got nothing spicy in it is you could have what's known as a geographical tongue. And geographical tongue is an unknown cause of tongue irritation. So your tongue gets red again, it burns, it can itch. And if you look at it, it can sometimes look patchy. And this can be due to random foods. It's often made worse by having acidic foods like vinegar or anything like that. But it's nothing to worry about. There's no risk from it. Say tomatoes can often trigger geographical tongue to become painful. There's tomatoes in bolognese, so you might then think bolognese is spicy. Going on to why your housemate might think ketchup is spicy. Ketchup has lots of different ingredients in. Um, Spices and flavours vary, I think, between brands, but they pretty much always have onions, ginger, mustard, garlic, cumin. A lot of these things are the things that trigger the TRYP-A1 receptors that I mentioned earlier, which also cause that spicy hot sensation. Mustard, interestingly, has a compound in it called allyl isothiocyanate, which is not the easiest thing to say. Allyl allyl isothiocyanate. And this compound triggers both TRYP-A1 and TRYP-V1 receptors, so it creates this combination of spiciness in your mouth. So ketchup genuinely can appear spicy or feel spicy ingredients in it which trigger these receptors even though it doesn't have capsaicin in it it has these other compounds which do trigger heat receptors in the mouth i also want to talk a bit about my favorite thing about spice which is that it's now been used as a medicine so that chemical i spoke about capsaicin is currently licensed in the uk to be used as a treatment for pain from arthritis pain from diabetic-related neuropathy, which is damage to nerve cells due to diabetes or secondary to diabetes. It's also being used to shingles-related neuropathic pain. I think that's pretty cool, this thing that is normally used just for pure enjoyment or to liven up a dish or whatever is now being used to treat pretty difficult kind of pain to treat. Arthritic pain is notoriously really difficult to treat neuropathic pain is really difficult to treat because it's not like you can stop the source of the pain that pain is never going to go away you have to just block the pain or mask the pain most pain is sort of temporary so you fall over and hit your hand you've got that bruise you've got that damage that then repairs but because of the way nerves work this neuropathic pain will never heal because nerves will never heal And arthritis is a chronic condition where you've got this chronic inflammation in your joints, making them really stiff and painful. So that damage will never heal and the pain will always be there. So you have to find long-term pain medications, which is a huge, huge challenge in the medical field because the only long-term pain medication that's strong enough usually is opioids. And opioids have a lot of issues. They are addictive. They have a lot of side effects. They can be gateway drugs. There's a lot of that. So finding other ways to treat pain is great. And capsaicin is one of those ways. So paradoxically, even though this spicy sensation could be described as a burning pain, capsaicin can also numb pain. So 
it's complicated even for me when I was reading the research behind it. It's difficult <laughs> to understand. But what I could work out is that if you have really, really prolonged capsaicin exposure, it limits this release of a chemical in the brain called substance P. This substance P is required for pain transmission. And when I say prolonged exposure, I mean weeks and weeks, every single day, multiple times a day, applying this cream in that one place again and again. And obviously when you first put this cream on, it does kind of burn. It kind of creates that like spicy. <laughs> I don't know if you could experience spice on your skin, but yeah, I guess when you're like, have you ever gone chopping chilies and then touch your eyes and you feel that burn? So the concentration of the capsaicin in this cream means that you can get some localized irritation and you apply that again and again. And then eventually it says about six weeks before you'll start feeling the numbing pain. It's a pretty new drug. The effectiveness is still kind of being determined, but if it's a solution for diabetic neuropathy, arthritis, shingles, neuropathy, it could be really cool. Very cool. So it's definitely something to be excited about. Oh, and another tip before you go. And another tip I want to leave you with is what to do if you have something that's unbelievably spicy and you feel that you just want to get it off. You want to get it out of your mouth as quickly as possible. Don't use water. Water has no effect on capsaicin. It will not remove capsaicin from those receptors and you will keep feeling that pain. But fat will. So if you want to stop that really spicy burning sensation, try something that's high in fat. So milk is great. Yogurt, gargle olive oil if you want. Yeah, anything high fat. So you can get like any milk, oat milk, almond milk, whatever. Also, you can use alcohol. Alcohol has the same properties as fat. Uh, but I can't really imagine anything worse than doing sort of a shot of tequila to wash down some spicy hot sauce. So that's it for today. I hope you've learned a little bit more about spice tolerance and what spice actually is. And I hope you've enjoyed. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>